I think that we as humans have a moral responsibility to have these beliefs and try and be the best people that we can all the time. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name is Charlie. And I'm Femke. Today we're going to be talking about morals. And so this is probably going to be potentially a little bit more of a personal sort of sided episode today. And we decided we're not going to talk about copyright. And that might come up later, but we think we'll save that for another episode. Instead, today we want to talk about our own personal morals and within that, our sort of own personal standards when it comes to design and things that we will do and won't do and why. So yeah, it should be good and we'll get into a little bit of the sort of behind the scenes and talk a little bit about our morals when it comes to design. Does that sound good to you, Charlie? Yeah, it does sound good. And I think the reason why we don't want to talk about copyright in this episode is that copyright isn't really about morals it's the law so this one I want to make about um like your own personal standards yeah and like where you draw the line which can be different for everyone different for every designer so totally this should be interesting got some interesting tweets in response too so we'll be good first though Femme how has your week been I was gonna ask you how your week has been oh funny that it's not like we do it at the start of every episode (laughs) Uh, But thank you for asking, as always, and my week has been good. I saw you last week, which was nice. Yeah, it was awesome. We didn't take a photo together, though, I realised. We always like to take a photo to put at the bottom of our newsletter every time we meet. We did not do that, so we failed. We'll just have to meet up again soon, which is happening anyway. (laughs) How about in April? (laughs) Yeah, but it was nice. I went to London, and I got to see you and a couple of other friends, so that was super fun. Obviously got a little bit behind on my inbox because of that, but uh, it's been a really nice week. I got a lot of positive replies to my blog that I posted up earlier this week. So that's been really nice. I've been talking to a lot of people and email. So yeah, it's just been a really positive week for me. Things are looking on the up and my newsletter list is like growing. I mean, I'm not going to say exponentially, but the trajectory of growth has been increasing over the last couple of weeks so that's a good sign so that's yeah. a really good sign and I hear that uh, I heard you talking the other day about how you were replying to a lot of those emails as well so you you've obviously had people like responding to your newsletter which yeah. is awesome it is really awesome and I have a welcome email that gets sent out when someone joins my list there's an automated welcome email that goes out that kind of just you know says hi this is who I am thanks for joining the list uh, and it asks them, you know, who they are. So I collect, you know, are they a designer or a developer, etc. Like I talked about in a couple episodes ago. And then I also ask them what they're struggling with or what I could help them out with. And in the past, I haven't really gotten too many replies to that. But suddenly, I'm starting to get quite a few replies. So that's a good sign. I still haven't figured out why suddenly people are responding to that. But it's it's a good sign anyway. So Yeah, it's been really good. I've been having a lot of conversations with people over the last week. So that's been really fun and insightful. I think with audience growth and, you know, audience building, you do hit this point where things start to snowball, I guess, somehow. Like, the more people subscribe to your newsletter, the more they might mention it to a friend. So more people are going to join in. And yeah, I think that's why you're probably seeing more replies 
than usual. It's just because your list is growing and this is the new normal for you now, girl. So get used to it. Well, <laughs> fingers crossed. I hope, you know, it could be just a fluke. It might yeah, die knows, off. But, but it's, uh, it's nice to see anyway that people are responding and resonating to my messages. So, yeah, that's, that's a humble feeling. Yeah, that's awesome. And you? Good week? Yeah, it has been a good week. I finally got all my posters screen printed that I want to now need to take photos of to put in my store because nice. that was my photo, uh, my photo, my <laughs> focus this month was to try and get those out. So that is still the plan. Um, Getting closer. Yeah. Next step for me is, like I said, taking photos and also working out packaging for them. Mm. But yeah, then I, can, I think I should better meet that deadline, which is awesome. And then I want to spend some time focusing on what I'm doing with email as well, because yeah, I'm still not focused on that. And it's really inspiring to hear um, the results you're getting from it. So I know I need to focus on that too. And you know that you now work at an email <laughs> software yes. company. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> well, that it's, it's your duty, you know. Yeah, true. <laughs> Last week, actually, um, for work, we launched a new, well, new blog design and like a new way of doing our blog that I had been working on, which is really exciting. So instead of putting all of our posts out, you know, one every week or two every week or whatever, mm-hmm. we put them out all in a row. So all at once, so you can like binge read them and they're all on a certain topic. And we're sort of treating it more like a online magazine, I guess. Cool. Which is, yeah, which is fun. And so I wrote a post for that for the last one, which was exciting. Did you? What was yes, it about? It was about creative fulfillment and side projects because the whole issue was about side gigs like having a side hustle so that was fun um hopefully i can write more for future issues so i'll, I'll link that in the show notes if anyone yeah, wants to check that out please do i want to read it well let's talk about morals how's that for a segue <laughs> yes so i guess a good thing before we talk about like our experiences with mm-hmm. conf- conflicts with our morals maybe it's first good to sort of mention what our morals are i mean I have some in the back of my mind that I sort of always keep in mind when I'm working with people. What about you? Do you have strict morals that you try to adhere to in your work? I think the morals I adhere to in my work are the same as morals that I adhere to in my just everyday life in general. Uh-huh. And so I'm always seeing how that can fit together, I suppose. Um, i trying to think of examples. Things like what, what's the biggest one for me is misleading the user and tricking them into doing something I just think that is absolutely terrible I don't Uh think that's I don't believe in that as a way of generating sales or whatever that's you know that's for the same reason I don't use clickbait titles on YouTube for example I just don't think that that sets things off for having a good experience and I always want to give users a good experience when they're viewing my work and so that's a big one for me I suppose is misleading and also just in general, I'd never want to work on anything that was derogatory in any way or, mm-hmm. you know, preferably never work for a company that does that either. None of my clients in the past or companies I've worked at have have been like that. So that's awesome. You know, sometimes things can come out of the woodwork later on. Yeah. But yeah, nope, definitely never ever want to work for anyone or contribute in any way to someone who profits from things like homophobia or sexism islamophobia or anything like that so those are things that i keep in mind when looking at people to work with i suppose 
Those are all quite broad though. So I'm interested to hear like what are the ones that you've got in the back of your mind? I bet that I have them too. <laughs> yeah, uh, mine, like the big one for me is probably similar to the first one you mentioned, which is mm-hmm. just about authenticity and trust. Yeah. So kind of similar, like I don't want to mislead anyone and I don't want to lie about things, you know, to gain people's trust. I'd rather be authentic. And I mean, this, like the easiest way to picture this or to relate this to is definitely my blogging like you know I really want to be authentic in the things that I write about and that I share and you know I don't want to lie or be fake or be super clickbaity and I I wrote a post about this a few months ago just about authenticity from a writer's point of view and like there's so many bloggers out there that are just writing about the same stuff all the time and like giving their hot take on something and I'm just finding it less and less valuable So especially with my writing, I just want to maintain my authenticity and not get caught up or swept into that bubble of like overshareable content, you know, and clickbaity stuff, kind of like you mentioned. And that also flows into my design as well, you know, like similar, I don't want to mislead people in my design and like trick them into doing things that they didn't realize they were doing. And like the user should always know like where they're going to go or where they're going to end up when they interact with you know, this object or whatever. So yeah, similar, like I don't, I don't want to lead people on and I want to make sure that I gain their trust because that's super important later down the line. Yeah. I'm just thinking like hearing you talk about this, that I feel like the way I design is always focused on the user first. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that seems like obviously that's the best thing to do, but it's not always the case because when you've got a client paying or, you know, you're working at a company or whatever, obviously they've got their objectives in mind as well. But I personally am always designing thinking about the user and their journey. Obviously, I'm trying to uh, shape that journey in some way. Like, obviously, especially with marketing design, you're aiming to have people like sign up for the product or buy this thing or whatever. But there's ways you can do that while helping the user and like helping them along this journey and showing them why this product is going to be useful for them or whatever. And so that's what I try and keep in mind um, is the user and their journey. And I'm always designing for that and not like trying to trick them into signing up or basically I'm making sure they have all the information so that they can make an educated choice for themselves. Yeah. What do you think about ethics? Do you think that ties in with morals or do you think that's something different? I think it ties in. I personally couldn't tell you the definition of either of them. So in my mind, they're pretty much the same thing. Yeah. What about you? What about you? Yeah, I think so. I think more for me, morals is like a personal thing. Like these are my morals and this is my personal stuff that I believe in and that I will and won't do. And when I think about ethics, I more think about like the broader sort of industry, like more like standards as a whole, I guess you could say. So, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example. I mean, I've been doing a lot of reading lately on anticipatory design. And for those listening, if you're not really sure what that is. um, I'm not sure what that is. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, it's kind of the easiest way to sort of think about it is with bots. So, like, say you're interacting with a messenger bot uh, and, you know, the messenger bot sort of does a lot of work to anticipate Know, oh, yeah, yeah. What, what you want or what you're going to do next you. yeah so like if you're booking a taxi then you know the bot might be like okay what about a hotel like your destination that you're going to you know stuff like that is kind of anticipatory design and 
in the reading that I've been doing, there's a lot of talk about ethics in terms of that area of design because, you know, you're interacting with a bot, first of all, so there's some, like, ethical stuff there and also just a matter of, like, how can you create the best experience? Like, you're talking to a bot and so the bot doesn't have filters or morals like a human does and so you need to teach it that stuff too. So you kind of need to teach the bot ethics in a way. So Interesting. Yeah, that could be a whole other tangent there, but it's just an area that I've been reading up a lot about lately and there's a lot of talk in that area about ethics and and morals I suppose as well do you think you can maybe share a link to one of those posts you've been reading in the show notes yeah I will I'd be interested to read too definitely I think that for me morals and design also comes down to things like uh not hiding sneaky things in the terms and conditions and stuff like that um also things like pop-ups and pop-up ads Mm -hmm. you know I can understand how those come about is that there's you know, some designer who feels they have to do that and that, you know, not everyone has the luxury of choosing what they work on, I suppose. For some people, they need a job and they need to earn the money. And so I can understand that and I'm not holding it against anyone. But if I personally was asked to design a pop-up ad that started auto-playing a video and made it really hard to close, I would not do it. I would personally feel comfortable in saying, no, thank you, please find someone else or try and educate the client actually on why they shouldn't do that instead of going ahead and doing it. But that's not a situation I've ever found myself in, luckily. I, Because I, I asked a question about audience if they'd ever been asked to design something that goes against their morals and how they dealt with it. And I don't think I've ever actually been asked that myself. Have you? Only once and it it was pretty minor. They wanted parallax uh, scrolling effects on yep. the website that I was designing. And I just can't deal with parallax. Like just in general, like any sort of scrolling hijacking uh, when you visit websites, you know, and they like hijack your scrolling and you're scrolling down, but it's scrolling horizontally and it just gets all confusing and things are moving around the screen. Uh, I just like stay away from that because I think that's just a really poor user experience. And I always get frustrated when mm-hmm. I'm in that, like when I'm the user in that situation. So that's kind of the only, like it's really minor, but that's kind of the only situation I've been in where the client wanted parallax effects on the website. And I just straight up was like, no, and backed that up obviously with reasons why and tried to educate them on why that was a poor user experience and why it didn't really fit with the rest of the you know, style and aesthetic of the website, like, it seemed to me that they just wanted to add it as a gimmick, you know, not not really to enhance any sort of experience. So based on that, I was sort of like, I don't think it's a great idea. How did they react to that? Because yeah, it does sound like perhaps they wanted it because they saw that it was a thing everyone was doing, so they decided they needed it too. Yeah. But yeah, what was their reaction? Yeah, so this was like quite late in the process, like we were basically almost finished. And I think I'm trying to remember, I think they might have said like, okay, we'll leave it up to the developer, but I can't quite (laughs) remember. Although when I did go and visit the finished site, it wasn't there. So they obviously never implemented it. So yeah, it, was yeah. well, it wasn't designed that way, obviously. You hadn't no, designed it, wasn't it with parallax to in be mind. Parallaxy. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that even though you said that that's just a small thing, I don't know. I think these small things come together to make, you know, they form who we are as designers and they form where the standards are and where our lines are that mm-hmm. we don't want to cross. 
And I think the more you compromise on things like that and, you know, where you firmly believe that it's a bad user experience, it's our jobs, designers, to educate clients on what makes for a good user experience and it's our job to say no to things sometimes. Totally. I agree. You know what really annoys me, like one of those little tidbits that's super annoying, similar to like hiding the unsubscribe link is when you click the unsubscribe link and it takes you to log in and you have to like log uh. log in and then like alter your subscription settings or something. I don't know about anyone else listening, but that to me is just the worst user experience ever. Like I, I want to leave. I want to get off your list. Don't make me do extra work just to do that. That's so frustrating. And this is what I mean about what I was talking before about how I always try and think from the user's perspective on their journey and what they're trying to achieve. So if you think from that perspective, obviously you make it work that they're unsubscribed when they click unsubscribe because that was the action they were taking and that was their intention. But having them log in to edit the settings or whatever is totally thinking from the brand or the client's perspective. You know, that's serving their best interests in Not sneakily yours. keeping this person on the list so that maybe they can try and convince them later. And I can totally understand how those situations arise, you know, with a client asking for that and designers feeling like they have to follow it. But I think it comes from not asking enough questions and not thinking deeply from the user's perspective and thinking about what the actions they're trying to take. Yeah, I I find it disrespectful to the user. Like, like you're totally right. They're not thinking from the user's perspective or the user's point of view. They're being selfish in a way, right? Like, yeah. they're seeing it from the view as like, oh, they want to unsubscribe, but let's try and keep them like just a little bit longer and make it as hard as possible for them to leave because we want them so badly. And all that's really going to do, at least all it's ever done for me, is make me more frustrated and more angry and, like, more determined to unsubscribe. And so even though you're making me do all this, like, long-winded, like, logging in and stuff, I'm going to do it and then I'm going to complain about it. So what would you prefer? Like, would you prefer me to then publicly complain about it and how terrible that experience was? Or would you rather just, like, let me go in peace and, like, accept that, you know? Yeah, it, it makes no sense to me. Good rant, good rant. Sorry, rant over. <laughs> Is now a good time, do you think, to bring in what some of our listeners said? Yeah, let's let's do that. So like I said, I asked them if they've ever been asked to design something that goes against their morals and asked how they dealt with that. Uh, we had Kyle respond and say, yes, on multiple occasions I've had client requests that, if accepted, would go against my core values. But I replied very kindly and passed, letting them know that I wasn't comfortable with the situation and they were kind in return. So I think that's the key, right? Is mm. you don't have to get on a moral high horse and, you know, be like, no, I would never do that. You can politely decline and politely explain. And hopefully that will be met with, like Kyle said, kindness in return. And maybe it might educate the client as well. And they might question what they were asking about, I suppose. Yeah, I think so. And I think... That's also like a good filter to have with clients too, right? So when when approached with a project, you know, there's multiple things that you sort of want, to, want, want it to tick the boxes before you take it on. Like, you know, are they someone I want to work with? Does the project sound mm. interesting? You know, are they going to pay me well, etc. And, you know, adding sort of morals is one of those check boxes, those mental check boxes. Like, okay, well, does this fit within my morals? Or like, is this the type of work I want to be known for, etc.? I think those are good sort of mental check boxes to, to make sure that you check those off as well before accepting a project. Yeah, I agree. 
Vishnu says that once he was asked to use a copyrighted image from Google search and that he politely declined that. Uh, the client got irritated, but he still refused. So well done for sticking with that because, yeah. I mean, that is illegal. And it is our job as designers to not make our clients break the law. But like we said, let's do another episode on copyright because I do feel like that's different from morals because we don't have a choice whether to obey them or not. Yeah. But yeah, either way, that's really awful. And like for people listening, if your artwork has been stolen, I am so sorry because that's horrible. (laughs) Yeah. And same with if you've got a client like insisting that you break copyright laws in order to work on a project is, yeah, that's frustrating because, I mean, you just can't do that. And so why don't they understand? Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Oh, this is a real, like, ranty episode. We're so passionate. (laughs) Uh, Melissa brings up an interesting point that I want to talk a bit more on. She says, it's not with design, but she's been asked to code without good standards. And, of course, no instances of code review because they're in a hurry, in quote marks. Mm. So rushing through things, that's a really good point. That's where quality suffers and when you're not doing your best work, right? Or it's not up to the right standard. And that really frustrates me too. And this is probably the, like, I don't know if this is immoral, but I guess it is the thing that I struggle with most often because projects are often trying to move really quickly, you know. And I believe in every piece of work you put out should be, like, thoroughly tested and thought through and, you know, had enough time for feedback and to make improvements as necessary. And it's a shame when work has to be rushed out and it's not quite good enough, you know? Yeah, and it's also a shame when, like, you're at that sort of tipping point and some things have got to go, you know? Some things have got to go so that you can make the deadline or whatever it is, Mm. and sometimes those things that have to go are the things that, you know, you firmly believe in or you're really passionate about, like, and, and that can be really hard too when you have to sacrifice those things that you think are really important or really vital to the project that, you know, get sort of kicked out in the last minute because it's just not feasible. Yeah, I think this is this is about standards, right? So I think we're covering something yeah. slightly different here. But I th- it's, it still fits, you know, because I too will only want to work on projects where it seems like I can do a good standard of work. So the deadline's not super tight. The client seems to care about it as mm-hmm. much as I do, you know. Because it's terrible if you care about it more than your client does. And yeah, you can do work to a good standard. And that's not for self, just for selfish reasons, like wanting to have something good for your portfolio or, you know, wanting to have your name attached to good work. Although obviously it is that too. But I also believe that there is enough shitty design in the world. You know, there's enough bad right. websites. I don't want to be contributing more bad UX to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> good on you. That's a good standard to have. Yeah, exactly. So... If deadlines are too tight on a project, perhaps, then that can be definitely be a reason to say no, because you're not going to be able to do work to your best standard. So following on from that, then, do you think that we as designers or developers or, you know, whoever's listening, creatives, creatives, you know, do you think we have some sort of moral responsibility there and have some sort of influence on, you know, what gets put out in the world? I think we do. And let me explain. I think that we as humans have a moral responsibility to have these beliefs and try and be the best people that we can all the time, you know, just in general. And I think that 
as designers, we should let that influence our work. We should stick with those things and not separate, you know, work life from our personal beliefs. Mm -hmm. Those two things should work together and you shouldn't be working on things that goes against something you believe, you know, as a person. I think that it's our responsibility to let those things influence us because that's how we're going to produce better work and put more good out into the world, I suppose, because there's just a lot of, a lot of crap around. And I'm not just talking about bad design work. I'm just talking about, you know, people in general being discriminated against, etc., and being scammed or spammed or whatever. And we don't have to contribute to that. We do have a choice. Like I said, I know I'm speaking from a position of privilege and saying that, that, that I have a good job and I can't afford to turn work down, you know. But that should be what we aim for, I guess, is what I'm saying, is to let our mor- personal morals influence our work in a good way. Well said. I, I mean, I don't have much else to add. I agree. I think that as creatives, we definitely have some sort of responsibility and, and influence on, you know, how we shape the world around us and the products around us that people use. And so far, I think we're doing a pretty good job, but I, I agree, like there is a lot of crappy stuff out there that, you know, is just really scammy or trickery or just low quality. But uh, yeah, I think in, in general, based on what I've sort of seen, I, I'm pretty confident that going forward, I think, you know, together we're all doing pretty good work and that it will continue to go up. So yeah, I, I definitely think that we do have some sort of responsibility there. And I think the industry as a whole is getting better about this as people are becoming more outspoken Mm. and more willing to, you know, let their personal beliefs influence their work. Uh, You don't see so many terrible pop-up ads, etc. anymore because people's standards have increased and people have realized that that's not good design. And so the industry is going in the right direction, like, like you said. But yeah, there's obviously still work to do and always something small we can do. So a little... Wherever you draw the line or wherever you think is a bad user experience, feel free to bring it up with your client, like like you did, Fem, with the parallax scrolling. Just because a million websites do that doesn't mean you have to, you know? Just because it is a way to make it, you know, keep the email list growing is to not let people unsubscribe doesn't mean you should hide the unsubscribe link or make it really difficult for someone to leave an email list. You know, just think things through and think from the user's perspective, I suppose, is what it comes down to as my main piece of advice here. Yeah, and I think to to add on to that is just get your priorities sorted. Like, is your priority to frustrate the user or is your priority to make sure they have a good experience? I mean, I'm pretty sure I know which one of those is the better answer. And so if if your design or your client is forcing you to design things that go against that main priority, then make sure they know about that make them aware of that like just let them know like okay well if we do that thing then it's going to make this thing worse or or a worser experience or hinder that experience so are you sure that you want to compromise that by doing you know x thing so and, and sometimes like the client isn't requesting that you know they don't realize so it's like yeah like they're not trying to be evil no like they're not trying on purpose to like frustrate users like yeah like from my client's perspective with the parallax scrolling like they just thought that that would look cooler you know and that it would make it more fun on their website but you know I it was my responsibility and my duty as the designer to you know I guess 
be the voice of the user and say like, oh, but if you think about it from their perspective, like, you know, it's it's not that fun and it's actually more frustrating. And so, yeah, like sometimes the client just isn't aware. And, and that's, again, where I think that as designers, it's our responsibility to be aware of those things and make sure that the client's aware of it too and help them prioritize and make those decisions on what should and shouldn't be included. Yeah, and I think this comes down to too, the difference between like a Mac operator and a designer. Right. Is yeah. that <laughs> a Mac operator is more someone who does exactly what they're told and just like lays it out in the design software or whatever. Whereas a designer will feel comfortable questioning these things and going back to the clients and educating them and working with them, I suppose, rather than mm. simply for them. Yeah, I think so too. Well, I think this has been a short episode, but I think it's been a fiery one because I feel yeah. pretty exhausted. How about you? Yeah, short and sweet and to the point. I think so too. If anyone else has anything they'd like to add to this discussion, we'd love to hear it because, yeah. What are some more examples of situations where you've been asked to design something that might go against your personal morals and how did you handle it? Share them on Twitter with us. We're at Design Life FM. I think it's good to talk about because sometimes, I don't know, you might feel guilty or like, you're not doing it right because you're not doing what the client asked. But if it goes against your morals, then I think you're perfectly fine to say no and and move on from it or educate the client and, and change the way the project's working. Yeah, you don't have to say yes to everything, right? I think sometimes yeah. we feel that pressure to always want to please the client. But I think just remember that it's your job to also make the client think from their client or their customer's point of view, right? Like that's the end user and the end person that's going to be consuming it so just make sure that they're aware to always think from the user's experience as well and not just their own sort of quote-unquote selfish wants and needs and remind them too that in the end making these changes will actually help with their uh, outcomes you know if they're looking to sell more products or whatever making users annoyed is not the way to do that so nope. I'm sure that eventually they can come around to your way of thinking and brand reputation, right? Like Yeah, that too. Yeah, you could totally taint your whole brand reputation if you just become one of those annoying sites. But anyway, yeah. Let's talk about copywriting in a future episode. Let's do that. And what else do we usually say? <laughs> Make sure you check out our website, designlife.fm. On there you'll find all previous 66 episodes now. And you can always suggest a future episode topic as well. Just send us an email. You can do that from the site or just send us a tweet. We'd love to hear what you'd like us to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Because remember, it means you can join in the discussion too. Yes. So suggest away. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good chat, fam. Yes. Chat next week. Yeah. See you then. Bye. Bye.